Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Christy. It's been a minute, Christy. I miss your beautiful, shining face. Um, I just want to disclose, guys, we'll do a whole other episode on this. Your girl, Emily, after three years, just about finally got hit with the vid. Um, I don't know what the youth say anymore, but yeah, I currently have COVID. Just finished a round of Paxlovid. All of this rhymes. Feeling a lot better, but um, really wanted to do this episode with Christy. So if I start to not make sense, we're going to blame it on that. Um even though before I don't make sense and I didn't have COVID. So this is real. This is me. We're just glad you're feeling better. Thanks. Yeah, it was touch and go there for a minute. But this this week's episode is about Christy's journey um, and the bebe she currently has in in her oven. Um, How many weeks are you, Christy, at the time of recording this? I am 30 and a half weeks. Damn. I, yeah, anyone who follows Christy on Instagram, you can see the cute little pup and bump updates. Um, we love her dog, and I can't wait for him to be a brother. Um, yeah, that poor creature has no idea what's coming. But yeah, the the bump has graduated from like little to just like ever present. My belly has been so itchy with the stretching. Have you tried bio oil? Again, I am not pregnant, nor have I ever been pregnant, but I work in it for health magazine, so I know some I random th- things. I haven't, and you know what? I probably should be taking some of these recommendations more seriously because, like, I'm sure we'll talk about this through the episode. Trimester two was such sweet bliss. I didn't have a single negative symptom. I, like, other than the, like, budding bump, I, there were absolutely just times where I did not physically feel pregnant. I wish we could share our texts from the first two trimesters. Christy is literally like, I'm loving pregnancy. I'm sure she's still loving pregnancy, but it's, it was just hysterical. Like as soon as you- I absolutely, to be clear, I absolutely still love it, but I would be such a liar if I said that things hadn't changed since entering the third trimester. Right. I I should probably, I should back this up and say with diabetes specifically, Um, because, you know, head back to Miriam's episode, head back to multiple that we've done with Christy about this. Um, anyone who knows someone who or themselves has been pregnant with type one diabetes knows that it is quite the journey, very, you know, achievable, doable, but a lot of work. Um, and yeah, I can't name the specific episodes, but there've been plenty this season to go back and check them out. And I think the last time we checked in, was actually at week 13. And it's so funny because I remember saying I was recording, from my Nana's house, Zach and I did a little staycation at oh, Nana's. Yeah. Um, I remember saying like, oh yeah, like I think the insulin resistance is here. S- such a clown I was. Like I should have been getting fit for a custom red nose at the time <laughs> because any resistance that I thought I saw in the first or second trimester were so easily cured. Like I'd be like, oh man, I can't believe it. Like I hit 150 today. What did I do? I would go through all of this, add a single basal unit or like add a single unit to that same meal with short acting insulin the next day. Problem solved. The third trimester is not like that. <laughs> <Miriam> <laughs> the third touched, trimester is not like that. Miriam had touched on this. It's like 
you know, insulin turns into water type of thing where it's like, what is it doing? Your carb ratios are insane. Like they're, they're bananas and I'm going through pens just like that much faster. But ironically, I had, I actually just got on the Humalog Jr. because I do value a half unit so much. Um, and when you really are trying to fine tune, I mean, I wish that I had had it in the first trimester because my insulin needs in the first trimester were so low that I think it would have been very nice to have these half units. Um, I know for next time, but regardless, yeah, third, should, third trimester is like a whole other, we should, whole other bear. We should preface by saying, um, Christy's on multiple daily injections, MDI. So when she's talking about pens, there are different ways that you can give yourself injections. Some are with syringes, some are with what we call pens using pen needles. Um, you know, there's plenty of different ways out there, but Christy, I believe your current therapy as, as doctors would call it, um, is pen needle or pens, uh, insulin pens and a Dexcom CGM continuous glucose monitor. Yes. The the Dexcom has been a must have. I feel like we, we've definitely talked about my journey of resisting wearing something to getting the Dexcom and like my baby's middle name might be Dexcom now. Like I that's like how much I love it. I'm not a TikTok person, but like lol the talk. But I seriously feel like we should overlay season one. Your feel I think we did an episode on like me getting new technology and you being like never gonna do it, never gonna happen, whatever. We should do an overlay between I'm here. I'm such and then. a fool. I'm such a fool. No, maybe you're maybe maybe my my like second pregnancy I'll be on a pump. Like we'll see. Ooh, I, oh I, my god, I never thought you'd ever say that. So I'm already <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. To be honest, I I still like using the pens. It still works for me. No shame. Game. Um, you do you. It's so yeah, I'm on. I'm on the Humalog Junior, which I just like the way that the Junior is on the crayon. Uh, crayon. The, the Junior is on the pen, but it looks like it's written in crayon. Um, and then I'm taking, I'm taking a split dose of Levamir for my basal. But something that has been an evolution over the course of the pregnancy, I always used to split my Levamir equally. Like right. I think pre-pregnancy, Infant. I was taking. And I have to remember all of this because as Miriam go has yeah. beat it into my brain and as, um, per my request, mind you, on like my most desperate days, I'm like, Miriam, help me. <laughs> That's literally um, all of us to the point where Miriam wasn't <laughs> answering our texts for a week and we were both like, is she good? And then it turns well, out. I had, I, had, I, had t- I had texted her with like a third trimester freak out and she was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just saw these. And I was like, you know what? It was probably best that for once, like I didn't have your immediate coddle because it did kind of force me to work through it. But I broke out my pregnancy with type 1 diabetes book, which I poured over through the first trimester. Right. In the second, honestly, I think I just was so – I truly was blessed. Um, I think – I can't remember if we talked about this previously, but basically in pregnancy, in the first trimester at some point, your body, because your immune system is down in pregnancy, your body is – actually able to produce some of its own insulin because the beta cells that are usually attacking each other and themselves and don't produce the insulin with type one, you know, you're immune, with yeah. type one, your body has a chance to produce some of that. So because I was diagnosed so late, so mm, Emily, you're going to do very well because I was diagnosed relatively late in life at age 17. Um, my endocrine told me you probably have way more beta cells, um, just like full of insulin that finally are going to be able to produce a little, um, I think it literally carried me through the second trimester because 
I was so prepared and like I had looked at the pregnancy with type 1 diabetes book and Ginger is one of the authors. She's the one who kind of shares her week by week. Right. We've um, actually had her on the podcast. So love her. She's great. Um, But I kept expecting in the second trimester for more insulin resistance to creep up. And I, (laughs) I sound so spoiled, but like I was, it didn't. Um, I don't think that I experienced true resistance that couldn't be solved by a quick, like single unit or two of basal or a minor adjustment in short acting until this is going to sound bananas, but I think it was like week. Oh, you know, I can tell you exactly what it was week 27. It was the second that I entered the third trimester. (laughs) I, I, I have fit certain stereotypes to a T. I felt better from the nausea the second I entered the second trimester. And then the second I entered the third trimester, I just, I had to cut out carbs in the morning completely. Like I have scrambled eggs avocado and either leftover roasted vegetables or I top it with salsa for breakfast every morning because if I even look at a carb in the morning your blood, my blood sugar, sugar goes yeah. up I do want to explain a little bit for those listening who are maybe new to some of these insulin terms basal versus bolus so basal would be your background insulin think of it as if you're on multiple daily injections you're Long-acting insulin um, would be like Levomir, um, Lantus, what have you. Those are just some brand names from, you know, the pharma peeps. And um, bolus is kind of a you, – you give yourself – throughout the day. So if you're eating, if as a correction, if you're high, what have you, if you have an insulin pump, those insulin types aren't going to differ um, because you're only using one type of insulin in your insulin pump and you're getting a continuous drip of that background, that same insulin, not a background insulin, a short acting insulin. Um, sorry to interrupt you, Christy. Go ahead. No, that was you, Relevant. Uh, I don't even. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> at this point, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of ranting. I just, I have so, I'm realizing I have so much to say, and I just think I'm gonna forget. Like I'm just, I'm scared to forget I don't want my you precious lesson. But I want to talk about the situation that occurred. Um, oh my god, I'm ready to pop off. Yeah, let's pop off. So, just to set this up, um, Miriam, Christy, and I have a group chat. They're very kind to include me. I. They are usually talking about pregnancy, and I'm just over here being like, "Here for you. I'm here for you. <laughs> I have nothing we, to add to this." But we, but we like you. And then, <laughs> and then when you get pregnant, you can just like look back through oh, our text. Gotta, yeah, it's gonna be years from now, so I gotta work on screenshotting those. Um, but, okay, thank them. Thank um, them for later. So some background. Uh, you know, Christy and Miriam are often discussing these trimester occurrences. Miriam now has, I don't even know how old Max is. I think he's a year or he's coming up on it. And Miriam's listening to this probably and going to kill me. Um, but he's definitely a February baby. Yeah, that sounds right. So am I. Okay. Anyways. Um, but, uh, so Christy, let's talk a little bit about what this class was that you were taking and this incident that I've been so mysterious about mostly because I have really bad brain fog, but continue. Well, something that Ginger mentions a lot in the book and something that I was prepared for just going to various doctors um, was just kind of like being forced into a diabetes stereotype and kind of being diabetes shamed through your pregnancy. Um, so because we're not shamed mind, enough though, as it is, you know, got to add, add a little, add a little extra flair. Um, what a lot of it stems from is 
things that were typically issues with type 1 diabetes and pregnancy many, many, many years ago. With the technology that we have available today and the understanding that we have about how diabetes works and you know the ability to get your numbers into basically non-diabetic range before, during, and after your pregnancy for things like breastfeeding, it has essentially eradicated a lot of the concerns with having type 1 diabetes and being pregnant. Unfortunately, as far as technology has come and as far as like the diabetes community, like our understanding of how healthy and safe pregnancy with T1D can be, the rest of the world, unfortunately, including the rest of the medical world, has not necessarily caught up. And there's bad seeds everywhere. Um, I don't want anyone listening to this, especially who's a healthcare provider or any type of medical professional to be like, oh my God, they're bashing everyone. No, this is not at everyone. This is not at everyone, but uh, look us in the eye and tell us you've never come across someone who didn't know everything. Like it's par for the course, you know? Um, it's not okay though, in my opinion, the story that's about to unfold, but it's not surprising. And um, yeah, Christy, just go for it. Oh, I should say um, the big thing that people kind of in the medical field from decades ago, even I'd say a day, a decade or more, um, consider the big issue with a type 1 diabetes person being pregnant is that they have big babies. Um, and that has to do with blood sugars being out of whack during a pregnancy and, um, you know, some complications that can occur. But it's not like there are plenty of people from 40 years ago, in, even I'd say, that had healthy average size babies, even though they were type one diabetic. This is not and way before this technology was even existed. I know plenty of stories of people that had very healthy pregnancies and births. So that being said, Christy, here's your uh, soapbox and microphone, if you will. Well, just, it's also tricky because the fact of the matter is, and I will, I do have to preface this because it makes me feel better. Um, according to the doctor, my baby is literally perfect. She is on the bigger side. She is on the larger side of normal. Does that have jack shit to do with my diabetes? No, because my A1C has been under five this entire time. Which is my, insane. A round of applause. Like, amazing. I just, I, I, I have to because the shame, the shame I got yesterday. You know who else had um, three babies over eight pounds? My very fit, very healthy, beautiful, below average size mother who has no diabetes <laughs> no history like there's so many things that come go into play when you're growing a human inside of you that don't have to do with a chronic illness like yeah there's added stuff but like Gen genetics has to do with everything like everything with your health is somehow vaguely related to related to genetics does it mean that you are doomed to have you know every ailment that's ever been in your family no but you know it it's all relevant especially in pregnancy and i've been talking to like aunts of mine who have carried children and stuff like that like again my mom is a tiny healthy non-diabetic woman my brother was a 9 plus pounder damn so i'm just saying like she's she meeting my baby is on the larger side of, of normal, normal. <laughs> I I already like every time I hear that like oh she's like she's growing great like she's on the bigger side like we love it like none of my doctors are concerned who I'm actually 
working with. Um, so to our anecdote that we've built up into such a <laughs> after 15 minutes, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just me ranting. No, really. No, it's me. It's me too. Um, so aside from managing blood sugar super closely and being a type one diabetic woman through this pregnancy, I'm also just a pregnant woman. So all of the things that we have to do to manage blood sugar, I would say hour to hour, day to day, whatever, but it's like second to second. Like you're always, you're always thinking about it. You're always tending to it. You're always making changes. Um, it's, you know, your normal routine, except, you know, it's affecting someone else. So your motivation is so much higher. And I was feeling really good about myself that, you know, I've had such a healthy pregnancy so far. And again, I feel super blessed with that, but I know it's also the result of hard work. It's something that I take pride in. It's something I've put a lot into. So long story short, you still have other things to do in addition to managing your blood sugar. One of those things as recommended by my OBGYN was to take a birthing class through our hospital. So essentially what this does, and it's all, it's all still virtual. Um, just clearly COVID is still a thing as much as we all wish it wasn't. <laughs> so any, any time that classes, um, can be virtual, at least in my experience so far with this pregnancy. We've taken like breastfeeding classes virtually. We've taken baby care classes virtually. And now we're taking um, the birthing class virtually. It's a two-part one. So we still have to see this evil lady again <laughs> next week. Because, um, you know, we're past 30 weeks. So this is when it felt right to take it and, you know, just log on with all the other little virtual people do in the first quarter of the year. Um, so first of all, our host who is through the hospital that we're delivering at, um, super obnoxious and <laughs> was having everyone answer every single question. Like you, she couldn't just say, all right, so we're all going to have our videos on the whole time. Okay. She would wait and then say this person. Okay. Like Jessica. Okay. Sally. Okay. Christy. Okay. We all had to say, okay. It was such a waste so of time. Now a word from one of our sponsors. Hey Christy, have you heard of US Med Supply? I think I've seen a commercial for it. It's a medical supply company, right? Yeah, but apparently they're the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre Systems nationwide, the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash, and the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide. Plus they're rated as the number one distributor in Dexcom customer satisfaction surveys. Ooh, sounds like something I need to check out. Do they partner with most insurance companies? Yep, and they'll even help us get set up and work with our insurance companies so we don't have to spend hours on the phone. The actual dream. Right? We and all of our pals can head to usmed.com backslash pals or call 888-721-1516 to sign up now. Already on their website. And now back to the episode. So we've got a specific type of person running this class. She's affiliated with the hospital. Christy's OBGYN from the same hospital has recommended that she take this class. This is the stage. And the class is focused on, it does not touch at all on cesarean delivery, aka a C-section. This class is about going into labor. It's a labor and delivery class. It's about vaginal delivery and what couples should expect as far as, you know, early labor goes, the different stages of early labor, when to go to the hospital. And of course, I don't need, like this is not a Christie custom class. I am very aware that the likelihood of us um, inducing labor is high simply because you have a little bit more control. Like 
if we know what day we're inducing, we can plan a really like low carb breakfast, like have a full tummy going into the hospital, stuff like that. Um, it's just that little bit easier to manage um, your diabetes the day of if you know that that's the day that you're going in. So I know that an induction is very much on the table. Again, I'm at 30 weeks now, which sounds like I'm right on the cusp, but we're still doing a lot of monitoring because at this point, hence why I was in the class, things like vaginal delivery and going into a natural non-induced labor are still very much on the table for me. We just are monitoring to see you know, what position she settles in, just like any other patient, diabetic or not, any other pregnant woman at, you know, 30 weeks, and then as you get closer and closer, is going to be monitored that much closer to determine essentially like what the best evacuation plan is. Um, Could end up being C-section, could end up being induction for vaginal delivery, could end up being going into natural labor for vaginal delivery. We're up for all of it, whatever the safest exit is. But again, this was a class I wanted to take. It is a goal of mine to at least try for vaginal delivery. We'll see how that goes. This was information that I wanted, and this was information that my husband wanted. So I made the mistake as she's going around, you know, asking everyone, like, what's your profession, blah, 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 which was fine. She was trying to do introductions. Um, It did get a little long, and she was not using people's right names, and she was just being obnoxious, really, (laughs) our host. She thought that Zach wasn't paying attention because we had said initially when we logged on, Zach and I were sitting on opposite ends of the sofa. So when Zach introduced himself, um, he said, like, we have the Zoom projected on the TV. So if I'm facing forward, like, I'm still here. She completely ignored that and, like, twice throughout was like, just so folks know, like, I would really prefer if you were not watching TV at this time. And we were like, I literally had to take myself off like I unmuted myself and I was like, just to be clear, my husband is not watching like a football game. I literally turned the computer around. I was like, we have Zoom up on the TV because I, th- I thought it was going to be more videos, Yeah, which, which eventually we got there. But we thought it was going to be more videos and I would rather, you know, be able to look at the larger TV screen. When than seeing have a someone's projected vagina. Yes. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, which we did. Oh, no. That was my favorite part. My mom called right as like it went from cartoon, like animated. Here's what the baby looks like in the birth canal to actual baby exiting. That's like, oh, oh God, no. I'll call you back, mom. <laughs> um, anyway, so at one point, of course, like I said, she's making everyone individually answer. So she asked a question that I was like, shoot, this is going to like out me. Like this was just not someone based on her tone, just like the way that she was leading the class, accusing Zach of not paying attention, which like we paid, we paid for this class and I'm pregnant. Like, of course he's paying attention, but whatever. Um, She asked, did everyone pass their glucose test? Which like, what if someone didn't and they didn't want to disclose that? It was kind of a weird question, but whatever. She wanted everyone to answer individually. So she got to me and I was like, Zach was kind of looking at me like, babe, you can lie. But I was like, I didn't end up taking it because like I'm a type one diabetic. So if I were to drink a sugary drink, like I would have failed. So well, there's you know, we no reason. That. Yeah. You already know and that you're diabetic. So. This, this, which, you know, is, some doctors might make you do it, but, you know, just make sure you're telling your nurse staff and that when you're at your OB visits because they originally had me scheduled for one and I was like you can I'll do it but like I'm gonna fail and then leave your office with a high blood sugar I don't think anyone wants that yeah that's kind of and they immediately canceled it yeah so I said you know I'm a type 1 diabetic so I didn't end up doing the glucose test because I would fail and this bitch's response was what are you doing in this class then I said 
well, as I mentioned, I'm 30 weeks pregnant. And she said, if you have type 1 diabetes, which if, I just told you I did, she was like, if you have type 1 diabetes, like you should really, you should just be controlling that with diet and like focusing on blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I don't control it with diet. I control it with like, Insulin, yes, that is component. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I take multiple daily injections. Like it's, it's well controlled. And she was like, I just really don't know. Like, I don't want to waste your time. You're probably going to end up in a C-section. And I was like, I know that that's a, at this point I was like getting hot. Like I could feel the blood just in my cheeks. And I was like, well, you know, we're very prepared that that's a possibility, but at this point, like we're not scheduled for one. And, you know, none of my doctors have mentioned that that's something we need to prepare for at this time. And she like launches into this whole thing about how like diabetics have big babies and she's I just felt so on the spot. And of course she had like made everyone be on video. So I'm just sitting there with her explaining to me all of the stereotypes that I had gone 30 weeks without facing. Like I literally could have pulled out the book from Ginger and read any section where she talks about like you getting diabetes shamed. I'm surprised she didn't ask me. She like just shy of asked me like, how much does your baby weigh? Which I was not going to tell her because they can do those projections from which also, ultrasound. they're not always right. My older sister, they projected my niece, Amelia, to weigh a lot more than she did. She came out being like three pounds less. So. It's it's very much an estimate and based yeah. on measurements. Like part of the measurement is your baby's femur. It's like if you have a tall baby, which yeah. to be honest, I don't think Zach and I are destined for. Um, <laughs> I'm 5'3", on like a good day. But, but also case in point, smaller, it was just like, like – It's all about how the baby takes up room in your body, right? right. Like so – it's 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 it's, a, it's an estimate. It was not one that I was going to share. Her like attacking me is one thing, but yeah, my like mama bear instinct was coming out. I was like, I'm not sharing anything else, and I'm definitely not telling you anything else about my child. But it was just so uncomfortable that she was basically telling me, and I'm sitting there like looking at Zach. Like we paid to be Shamed. in this class. <laughs> we paid to be in this class. I want this information. So even though she told us to be on video the whole time, after she was done shaming me and she had finally moved on to, you know, the next couple, I just like took us off video and audio for a second. I was like, we only need to do this twice. This is a two-part class. She'll move on to like shaming the next person. Like I am not going to be cheated out of this information that again, I paid for because she doesn't think that I'm supposed to be here. And like, it just... It sat so uncomfortably. It was so weird to be on with the other couples then. Like, how many I couples felt, were I there? felt like I didn't. Not too many. I would say it was definitely less less than a dozen. That's still a lot to be called out like that in front of a group of people. Okay, here's my thing, and this has nothing to do with me, but this is my hot take takeaway. What was this woman's credentials? So she's an RN. I got the sense. I forget what her exact. Um, title was but she spelt her name like a nincompoop and it's a common name i'm not going to say it but it was a common name that just does not need to be spelled so dumbly and it wasn't karen (laughs) it was not not karen um sorry to all the karens out there but you've been dealt a difficult card already so i whatever her formal title is she definitely teaches these classes a lot so right i understand like she's been she's been in the biz of you know babies popping out far longer than i have um, she did give us, ultimately, we were able to pull out some helpful information from the class. Like ultimately I am glad that we stayed, but to really be made to feel like in front of a group of people 
I shouldn't be there because my baby was probably going to be so large that I would have to, I would have to deliver via C-section and I had no business even getting the information about a vaginal delivery. And I don't know, I guess because we had a scan this week and, you know, we do know that baby girl is on the larger side of normal. She's not medically big, but like and within, the, within the normal range, she's, she's currently measuring estimated on the larger side. I think it was just kind of in my brain, especially too. It's okay if we go to a C-section. I have no problem with that. But that's not where we're at now. And to be made to feel like I needed to justify that, like I was literally getting hit with every every stereotype. And she was asking me just these dopey questions. She was like, has anyone, like, did anyone talk to you about your numbers? Like looking, like you're at the end of pregnancy, like you're putting on weight, like, has anyone talked to you about how your blood sugar is going to change? I was like, oh, my God, no. Thank God you're here. Thank God you made mention. I haven't been doing research for, like, over a year before we even tried to get pregnant. Like, of course I goddamn know that. <laughs> like, you think I made it 30 weeks doing absolutely no research? Like, I know that I'm taking it personally, but I'm hormonal, so I get to. Well, no, I think that there's so much more to this than that, because even those of us that are not with child um, or don't plan to be or, you know, just aren't in this stage of life, uh, you know, we come across things like this. And it's just so unfortunate that it's so dependent upon what, you know, it's, it's Russian roulette with healthcare providers, no matter what what aspects of, good way of, of, uh, of life you're at. Right. So like. I have a story that I'm going to tell in another episode about my experience with COVID and I had to go to the emergency room because of ketones and all these, you know, crazy things. But there are people that don't know. I literally had a nurse be like, my boyfriend was like, because I was kind of incapacitated because I was throwing up from ketones. Like I was basically like the beginning of DKA situation. And the nurse was like, Matt was like, well, she's diabetic. And the nurse goes, what does that have to do with anything? And we both just looked at her and I was like, it's why I'm fucking here. Like, what do you mean? Um, Sorry, language. But all of this is to say you and I have both had diabetes for you're coming up on 10 years, right? And I'm coming up. I was I was 10 years last year and I was too pregnant and nauseous to properly celebrate. Um, but let me just pick my job off the floor after hearing that like bit of your story. So I definitely yeah, want to hear the rest of that. That's only a bit of that story. But <laughs> what does that have to, to do? With it, I'm, you know, I'm in New York in an emergency room. Like you'd hope that people, just like you'd hope that this person that is in a position of not only coming face or face to face virtually with people, you know, consumer facing, I would say, position who is a nurse. So that's already something that we're hoping that, you know, we know not everyone can know everything about everything, right? But if you're in the position where you're going to be interacting with, you know, pregnant people, and statistically speaking, a portion of those are going to be high risk in one way or another, unless you're hyper-specialized in diabetic pregnancies, like, keep that to yourself. Someone has signed up for your class, you're there to give them a service, you know, if they want to aside with you at another time, that's a different story. But to make anyone feel like they're less than or that they're doing something wrong when they actually don't know your specifics of your situation is unacceptable to me. And I think that in, it creates 
more misinformation because then it puts you in a position where you're like, well, I don't want the rest of these couples to think that, you know, like that this is right. And I certainly don't want this woman going telling other people, you know, type one pregnant people. And that, that was my that concern. I was like, I don't want to sit here and have to justify my place in this class. And definitely like, right. At least and it's they, not your it, job. Was, it was on a morning that I was having a really good blood sugar morning. But like I mentioned, the third trimester is just such a different animal that I think I actually would have cried if it had been earlier that week because I've had to make such adjustments. Well, you're um, also gro- you're you're a pregnant person. Like she should know that a pregnant. She person wasn't treating is me. Stressed. She was not treating me like a pregnant woman. She was treating me like a type one diabetic who made a mistake. Yeah, and that's unacceptable. So I think you know that obviously this is like unfortunately something that definitely occurs um a good chunk of the time considering that we've both had situations that you know different states um different situations but like people still don't know a lot about chronic illnesses and they don't know a lot about diabetes and it puts us in this unfortunate position where we feel like we're going to have to explain things to change things for others and i i know it's different for us cuz you know we have a podcast we're pretty open about it but that doesn't mean that we want to spend our precious time, our precious energy explaining ourselves to people that clearly don't take the time to learn. You know, it's one thing if they're willing to listen to what you have to say. It's another if they're going to put you on the spot and shame you in front of people. And that's just unacceptable. And if she really had a concern, again, it's less than a dozen couples. You have my contact information. You sent me the Zoom. If you were really concerned, you could have sent me an email and just said, like, Hey, like, I'm just checking in. You mentioned you're a type 1 diabetic. Like, have your doctors been in touch with you about the possibility of a cesarean delivery? Like, I just want to make sure, you know, you're clear on whatever options are available. That would have been so much nicer than you're probably going to have to do this because your baby's probably going to be huge. Also, if she was really concerned about people's time, she wouldn't have spent all of everyone else's time, you know, talking about one specific patient in front of everyone. So that's BS. She took – she, you know, unfortunately – But it does amaze me, you know, this is the first time I've personally faced it, but there were instances um, that Ginger mentioned. And then at the end of that book, The Pregnancy with Type 1 Diabetes, there's just like a sampling of anecdotes from other – type 1 diabetic mothers um, during their pregnancies, it is amazing what people think you don't know, especially as you get further along into the pregnancy, because not all pregnancies are planned. Like, ours was definitely planned. Again, I had done research and practice. Like, by the time I took my pregnancy test, I was like, I'm in the best place I could possibly be to do this. Not everyone has that. Some people get pregnant in just whatever unplanned situation and go on to have completely healthy pregnancies, but they do need to pick up the research um, faster. You, Simply because by the time of, you get by the time you get the positive right. test, you need to catch yourself up a little bit. It it happens and there's so much information out there. Like I, if I can attest to anything, it's how much information there is out there. So I understand the question, especially early on in pregnancy, like, do you know about this? Have you talked to your doctor about this? But by the time we're at 30 weeks, I think it's probably safe to say that me and my doctors have touched on what kind of delivery I'm having at the very, at the very least. I mean, you're going to have a baby in more or less 10 weeks. 
you know so it's uh oh god it's <laughs> that, keeps, it's, that keeps hitting me but i feel time, but i feel know? i feel good i feel strong i feel healthy what i just didn't like about the way that she also said the words like you're probably going to have a cesarean delivery i'm sorry like is my delivery any less than if that is the case like i'm here to get this information because i want it but i don't want like that tone being associated. What if I do end up needing a C-section? I don't want that tone being associated there with it. There is nothing. And how dare you be? How dare you be a delivery nurse so, educator? Exactly. And that's how you. That's how you use the phrase C-section as if it's some kind of failure Punishment. or like less wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it. I can't imagine being a woman who's pregnant and has type one diabetes. I mean, I hope to imagine it someday, but. It's too highly, um, or three, I would even say, highly stigmatized things, right? So, like, being a woman is hard enough. You know, everyone's always telling you how you feel when you go to the doctor, you know, how to do this, how to do that, at least in my experience. You know, being pregnant, everyone has an opinion about your body, what you're doing, all these things. And having diabetes, everyone has a preg- uh, pregnant. Everyone has an opinion on that, and it's like you you fold those three things together, and it's just wild to me that people think that everything that they're thinking hasn't already gone through your mind. It's it's insane to me. Um, I think the only other like off the wall comment I got, and I can't say who it was, um, but the only other off the hand comment I got was when we were doing our announcements and we waited until we got our 12-week scan to make sure that everything looked like all kosher at the end of the first trimester before we announced to anyone other than like very immediate family. Um, someone just asked me point blank, like I said, I'm pregnant. And they said, oh, well, with the type 1 diabetes, is that safe? And I was like, oh, you know what? No, you're right. Yeah, no. <laughs> the thing is, it's hard for me too because – that's not the way I wanted to say that. I think that there, you know, there's just so much, especially depending on the generation of the person asking you, there's just so much that people don't know. Um, my own parents love them endlessly, but they, you know, they're like, you know, after listening to how difficult it is, like how much work goes into it, like, you know, like that seems like a lot of work and, you know, like, that's a lot. And I'm like, yeah, it does, which is why I'm being very thoughtful in my, my family planning. Like, you know, I don't think anyone takes having a child lightly at any stage in their life. And I think that those with chronic illnesses and have all the more work to put into it. It's just an extra level of making sure it's something you really want. And that can also be beautiful. Like, look at how much harder I worked to have this kid, you know, like, look at all these extra things that I did. Um, And it is all relative, because when you think about it, like, take pregnancy out of it, just look at type 1 diabetes. If you were to describe what you have to do in a day to anyone, think about how impossible that sounds. Oh yeah, like, my regar- favorite is regardless like, of what how you do it, and I'm like, yeah, regardless of what your high range alert is set to on your CGM, your low range, regardless of what your targets are during the day, you are working ten times harder for every meal, and thinking about it ten times more. Pregnancy escalates that, but it's something you're already doing, which I hope is just a comfort to anyone who's considering pregnancy. Like it sounds like such a bear, and the targets sound so impossible, but you're hitting your targets now probably more often 
than not. Like it really is just a shift of changing what's um, what's the goal. Like by shifting your goal, you would just be amazed how much you can really shift all of your numbers just like down that much more. But like you're already doing the impossible by keeping yourself alive with synthetic insulin. Like you're ar- you're already doing the work. A hundred years just, ago, this wasn't a thing, you know? Like, right. That's something you're you're, you're wearing something that tells you what your blood sugar is, and then you do mental calculations to determine how much to take for a meal. Like, I don't want to say, like, oh, it's no different in pregnancy, because it is, because your goals are different. But, like, the process is the same, and it it's already a pretty seemingly impossible process to keep your numbers under whatever and keeping them above whatever your, you know, whatever your goal range is. So, you know, Christy, I think that that is a positive note to end this episode on. And I look forward to continuing this conversation when you are closer to the end of uh, this third trimester, which isn't that I know. I'm getting so excited. I cannot wait to have her here. Um, I will say we have her name picked out. Ooh, and it mazel, is up mazel. in the nur- I'm sitting in there. I'm sitting in the nursery right now. I don't know if I know, you noticed. Christy I'm sitting has in my been rocker. rocking this entire time, and I'm gonna throw up. I love you very much, but I <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> oh my, so, so sorry, <laughs> Paxlovid makes you pretty nauseous. I'm over oh here. Oh my like- god, I'm such a trash person. <laughs> no, I'm like sitting okay. here like this I just is haven't great. been looking at the camera. <laughs> all right, okay. so I'm trash. Let's end this. No, you are not at all. I didn't say anything. You're fine. <laughs> I'll stop That's no, you just, I just need to learn to, speak. I mean, so I don't sorry. need to learn to speak up. All I do is speak up. I just didn't, you know, it's fine. I just wasn't looking. Um, she's glowing though, ladies and gents. Uh, anywho, Christy, as always, love to hear your voice, love to hear your story, hate that this happened and, um, you know, here for you always. So yeah, we, we, di- we dislike that lady, but yeah, thumbs down there's her. still like, there's, there's so much, I do want to eventually get on here with Miriam too. Cause I feel like we could just like bounce back and forth with like, Oh, this and this and this, um, there's so much more to say about pregnancy with type one. But like, again, just to end on a positive note, like I would do this happily all over again. I've had such a positive experience. It's not to say that every knock on blood wood. sugar, not like every, yeah, knock on wood. Po- very positive experience so far. Um, it sounds scarier than it is. Like I'm, I'm literally smiling because of how much fun I've had this whole journey. So I'm excited to talk about it more. Ugh, love it. Okay, so guys, this is my my spiel, my little wrap up. Follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals. Follow us on Facebook at pancreas pals pp. Email us at pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs, our emails. We love hearing from you guys. Um, We're just kind of doing seasons as they come now. Um, Wow, that was like more existential than I was expecting. But that (laughs) basically means that um, this, you know, we're just, we're going week by week. And I'm so excited for all the upcoming episodes and to finally have Bebe Girl here. Um, Again, that is not my child. That is Christy's child. Uh, I just feel like with with audio, you never know who's the pregnant one. I'm like, it's not me. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And Christy, thanks for taking some time out of your day to uh, to regale us. Anytime. All right, guys. Have a great week. Bye. Today's episode was brought to you by U.S. Med Supply. Thanks for listening. Hey, Christy, have you heard of U.S. Med Supply? 
I think I've seen a commercial for it. It's a medical supply company, right? Yeah, but apparently they're the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre Systems nationwide, the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash, and the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide. Plus, they're rated as the number one distributor in Dexcom customer satisfaction surveys. Ooh, sounds like something I need to check out. Do they partner with most insurance companies? Yep, and they'll even help us get set up and work with our insurance companies so we don't have to spend hours on the phone. The actual dream. Right? We and all of our pals can head to usmed.com backslash pals or call 888-721-1516 to sign up now. Already on their website.